When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating Let's uh, let's give him the proper introduction. Daniel, oh your foosie, oh your What's going on, on brother? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. Long time, long time. How y'all been? Good. All man. right, man. Thanks for Doing thanks good. for coming back, bro, and joining us. I know that uh, you got. I'm sure you got a lot of stuff going on in the off season. What you been up to, bro? Oh man, not as much as you think, man. Really? Obviously, obviously, you know things about the heat up uh, in the next couple of weeks. You know, got the combine next week. Um, obviously, free agency starts in a little less than a month. Uh, but it's kind of a downtime. You know, the season just ended. Um, you know, just kind of just kind of biding time until uh, you know the, the the real fun starts. You know, we're gonna get into oh, all yeah. that. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and it, and it looks like uh Chris Greer and and uh, Mike McDaniel are going to be out there. So you you're going to be out there to kind of interview them, see where where their direction of the team will be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, you know they're going to be in Indy for the combine next week. I'll be out there as well. Um, you know we're supposed to talk to Mike McDaniel, and Chris Greer, so it's a good time to kind of see like really what the latest updates are. Uh, you know, obviously with uh, Christian Wilkins, a lot of the free agents, Tua. Uh, with the plans for the offseason, the draft. So, um, like, it's always fun. I was like, you know, you have the season, which is fun in itself, in and of itself. And then you have the offseason. You have, like, various offseason trips. So, you know, I was in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. You get to catch up with some folks, you know, talk to some front office executives, coaches, scouts, see other people in the industry. Uh, the the combine is, like, you know, another one of those events. It's like kind of like the premier offseason event in my, in my eyes because, you know, you got all the agents, the coaches, the GMs. You know, so, so I'm excited to, you know, see a lot of folks and obviously, you know, I uh, got to work there, but uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun for sure. 
Yeah, man. Look, speaking of that, let's let's jump right into it, bro. Talk to me. What have you heard about Wilkins? Because that seems to be like the hot topic right now. You know, every we're, so I think there was a report uh, that just came out. I think it was yesterday that uh, off of ESPN saying that they were willing to negotiate with him or or, or not willing to negotiate, but they're willing to retain him. It was a franchise tag. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, right. yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, you guys know, like last year, uh, last summer, they were they were talking. There were a lot of talks. You know, uh, a lot of Wilkins peers got you know lucrative deals, um, and he wasn't the one. To, he was like the lone one who didn't get the deal. And um, it looks like along the way, there there was some, uh, you know, there, there was there was some gap that couldn't be that couldn't be bridged. And and you know, my guess is that it's probably with the guarantees or or, or whatnot. Usually, that's what it's about the average um, annual value, just like little stuff like that, um, where they just weren't able to kind of find that common ground. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely going to try to work something out um, before they start a free agency. But if not, you know, according to the ESPN report, they're going to franchise tag them, which is really interesting. You know, I wrote about that earlier in the week um, about how, you know, it's really not like the, the most favorable option for the Dolphins right now, because, you know, we talked, you know, you guys know it's been brought up numerous times. Uh, they're, they're scheduled to be or projected to be $50 million over the cap. Now, they have to be under that by the time free agency starts and they will be. Uh, but if you franchise tag Christian Wilkins, that's $20 million or $21 million on the cap for 2024. Uh, so that makes it even tougher. Like you already have to clear like more than $50 million so you can you know, keep some of your guys, sign some guys. Uh, you know, if you franchise tag Christian Wilkins, you know, that's more than $70 million that you probably have, to, that, you, that you most definitely have to clear out. Um, so it just makes keeping Connor Williams, Rob Hunt, and all these other guys tougher. Um, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see if they, uh, usually, you know, sometimes these deadlines kind of, uh, kind of spark, uh, some last minute stuff. Obviously, obviously, you know, uh, I'm sure Wilkins' agent is probably going to be in Indianapolis. So it's going to be a good time to kind of, uh, for, for him and Greer to, to talk things out and see if they can, you know, reach a, a common ground. Um, but if not, you know, the, the, the good thing about the tag is that it gives you some extra time to like to work on a deal. Because right. um, once you're tagged, you have until mid-July to strike out a long-term deal. If not, then the player has to play on the long on the on the uh, on the franchise tag. But it, like for the Dolphins, it's not really the, like the position you want to be in, like franchising Christian Wilkins and trying to retain the rest of your guys and like build around. It's just not really uh, what you want to do right now if you're if you're them. Another um, wait, hold on, Wally. Before we go on, one other thing as far as a salary, you know, as far as the, the cap is concerned, you also have to reserve money for the draft. For the draft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean. I mean, I, they. I mean, unless they trade the picks, because you know that's what they've been doing the past couple of years. But I don't know if they want to do that now. Like, I think it's hey, like they traded the picks for a couple of years. It's time to get some some young cheap guys in here, uh, you know, for when some of these older vets uh, head out. So yeah, you need a couple. You have to save a couple million dollars for uh, for the draft as well. So uh, I mean, in the next month, like we're gonna see a lot of reports come out saying you know the Dolphins have restructured Tyree Kill's contract, they restructured Jalen Ramsey's contract, they restructured you know Bradley Chubb contract in order to uh, you know to get under the cap and be able to like have some space to make moves. So that's expected. It's just kind of a matter of like how much money do they need to actually clear out. Yeah, uh listen, uh I'm we could always talk about Christian Wilkins and we was talking about giving him sixteen in the biscuit <laughs> and giving us some extra money, but it's downtime. So now we gotta speculate and have some fun. We saw Javon Holland mm-hmm. put a little meme out there and talk about a little gift, however you want to call it with <laughs> Well, a little money roll, you know what I'm talking about? So we want to know, we were talking about, we were talking about the scale of how much money you got to pay Javon Holland. Oh, man. Let me, so, uh, let me see, what, let me see. What, what you giving Javon Holland in his contract? I'm, I'm, I have him at a, at a top three safety. 
the 10 or 12 mil, you know what I'm saying? Cause oh, nah, it's going to cost more than that for a top three safety, brother. It's going to cost more than that for a top three safety. If you say you, top three safety. Give him a 12 in a biscuit. Give him a 12 in a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the guarantees in there. You feel me? Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say top three. If you say you're top three safety, top I'm five, te- top five, top five. Because you know I'm you telling can't... you, it's gonna be a little bit more than, than ten mil. Like, close to you, my head. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he's he's up next. He's one of those guys that's up next. Like we talked about, like that 2021 draft has been so good to them. You know, they got they got Waddle, they got Jalen Phillips, they got Holland. I feel like I'm missing out, missing out some guys. I feel like they definitely got some more out that draft, but it's like it's it's time it's time to pay up. Uh, and and Holland is different than than Waddle and Phillips because Holland is, is a second round pick, so he doesn't have that fifth year option. So like you know we talk about the pay Waddle trade Waddle, so I'm sure we're gonna get into all that and whatnot. But like with him and JP, like you can wait a couple years. Like honestly, you could probably wait like two to three years if you want to like go that far with the franchise tag as well. Holland. Yeah, nah, you can't really do that. Like, he's entering the final year of his deal. Um, the price only increases. Like, we talk about that with Wilkins, with Rob Hunt. Like, the price only increased for them. You know, this time last year, like, the, the, the price has only increased. Um, so, I'm an advocate for, like, you get it out the way. I'm also an advocate for you pay water right now and get that out the way. Um, but, yeah, we'll see because, you know, obviously it was a tough year for him. Um, it wasn't the year that a lot of fans expected. Obviously, it wasn't the year that he expected. I know just talking with him, um, that that knee injury was like very bothersome. Like there was like, like whenever I would ask him about it, he'd be like, "Yeah, like we're trying to get there. We're trying to get there." Um, and this was a guy who was like, "I never had a major injury in my in, in my life." So like, I kept on trying to explain to people like Jerome had uh, uh, one sprained MCL, <laughs> Javon had two. So now that people are like, "Why can't he play? Why can't he play?" And I'm like, "Guys, like the knees." <laughs> And then it's like the basis of everything he does. Yeah, it's a little important. It's a little important. So you got two of those. Like, that's tough. So obviously he was very frustrated as well. Um, But, you know, when he's healthy, when he's out there, like the the way they talked about him, like they they say he's the quarterback of the defense. Like everyone says he's the quarterback of the defense. He gets everybody lined up. Um, The splash plays weren't there. um, But that doesn't mean that he's not making an impact and that he's not a good player. He's a very good player. Um, So I'm an advocate of, like, if you can – Take care of him right now. Like, it's time to start taking care of these young guys who, you know, we all talk about Chris Greer, da-da-da. Is he – can he nail the draft picks? He got some good ones in the pipeline. So, now it's time to lock those guys up for the future. So, I'm an advocate of it. Obviously, um, there's higher priorities for them. But if you can, uh, it's time to get those those young guys locked up for the next uh, couple of years. Hey, the other – Junior, before you go, the and I'm, you're going to be very happy with this. The other – one of the other draft picks from the 2021 draft, and Junior's going to be very happy about this. Don't, 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 don't. You ready? Don't, don't, don't. Liam Eichenberg. Hey, hey, I got to say something. I got to say something. Do it. I mean, Liam kind of made him some money this year. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Look at I'm that. not going to lie. He's a big, hey, that's a big, uh, I think that's the biggest fan of Liam Eichenberg right here. I'm not going to lie. He kind of, like, did, he did, he did, he did, like, he, he did. wasn't, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't great. Uh, but he played through a lot of injuries. I give him he that. Showed, he showed some versatility. He was a guy who, if they needed him to play center one day, he played center. If they needed him to move over to right guard, he did it. If you need him to go over to left, I mean, he's played every position on the offensive uh-huh. line at this point. So I'm not saying he's a starting caliber offensive lineman, but if he's a guy who, hey, you're in a pinch, you need him as a reserve in- interior offensive lineman, like, uh, hey, I mean, you, you could do worse, I guess. I mean, he. 
he 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 it could have been it could have been really bad. Like it could have been really bad if Liam like like he settled in that center once he got like, a couple starts in and it wasn't perfect. Um, but he showed some value, so he, he made him some money. Like I'm not doing any sourcing or anything like that. But like <laughs> in the back of my mind, I was like, hey, I could see like they give him a little two year, three year extension, and it's nothing crazy. But it's just kind of like, hey, you're a top reserve. Like I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying I talked to anybody, but I'm just saying like when I was kind of doing my position reviews, I was kind of looking at the, at the, at the state of the offensive line. I'm like, Hey, I can see that. Like I can see them being like, Hey, give you a little, little bone, like appreciate your efforts. We're going to keep you on as a reserve uh, lineman. And if we need you to step in uh, to start, Hey, we can count on you for it in a pinch. Yeah, we, we've, we've actually talked about that. Go ahead, Junior. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, definitely a uh, French starter. <laughs> hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll give him a contract because if they do, you know, I'm going to go crazy. But let's focus. I want to focus in on what you said about Waddle because I have a theory that I felt like might be something that they'll consider um, before I ask my question. With Waddle, I think he, between Waddle and, um, and Phillips, between them two, I think Waddle has been the most consistent. And I think that's the guy you would kind of want to get the contract done like now, maybe this year. Mm-hmm. And then with with Phillips, you know, he showed the high upside. He can be a guy that can get the 10 plus sacks, but certain situations happen. You know, maybe you want to kind of give him that fifth year option to see if he can be consistent the, for the next two, three years and then give him that contract that he's deserving of. So I can see something like that so here's my question how do you measure a player like christian like waddle like javon how do a guy like chris green and brandon shore build up a contract is it based on the statistics is it more than that is it based on leadership like in your opinion how do you how do you formulate a contract that's deserving of those uh for 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 the player that's going to help us out. And maybe the player might consider like, hey, based on this, pro bowler and all that stuff, I deserve this contract. What are your thoughts? I don't know if I'm all over the place with that. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean you, you take you take into account everything, and that's what that's what they do. I mean, you take out, uh, you know, their past production. Um, you're paying them, you know, it's like we always talk about like you're paying them for uh, past performance or paying them for, you know, future. I mean, it's just a little bit of both. Like you reward them for what they've done and for what you think they're going to do in the future. Um, you take into account, you know, what you have at other positions. You take into account, take into account the market. Uh, well, Waddle and Phillips, it's really interesting because obviously, you know, they have the fifth year option. Uh, I think the deadline is like May 1st or something like that. It's it's, it's in May to, uh, to uh, exercise the option. And, and my guess is they'll do it for both. Obviously, Phillips is a little tough because he's coming off the uh, he's coming from the eight, the Achilles, so that's tough. And I think that that kind of like it really sucks for him because this is a year where you know he really was he was breaking out, and this is probably the year where you're like, all right, it's time to lock this guy up. Um, but you know, I think that they probably they probably have to hold off for a year, see how he comes back. Maybe not so much uh, this year, but the next year because that's when he's really gonna be back to himself. Like keep in mind, like Nick Needham, it took him about a year to come back from the Achilles. Um, and he was mentioning, and I was talking to him, and he was like, hey, like, you don't really feel yourself until that 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 second year. Um, so I think that kind of pushes the timeline down for him. Uh, well, Waddle, you know, again, I'm, I'm a, I know this week has all, has all been all about trade Waddle, trade Waddle, trade Waddle. I don't, I think that's ludicrous in the words of Tyree Kill. Um, I think that if somehow you can, you can, you can lock him up right now, you do it. 
and you in, in in my eyes you pay him like a number one receiver because that's what he's going to be you know in, in in two three years when you know maybe Tyreek isn't on the roster obviously you know again there's higher priorities and right now at wide receiver you know there, there might not be a better bargain than Jalen Waddle because he's giving you a thousand plus yards uh, in big plays and he's making shoot peanuts right now um so I'm not saying that it's gonna happen but I'm just saying like if I was kind of running the Dolphins if I was you know playing Madden GM that's how I would I would handle it right now but uh it's, it's gonna be interesting um, because there are a couple guys up you know they have to they have to balance the the up-and-comers the guys that are um you know reaching the end of their rookie of uh, their rookie deals and then you also have you know some established veterans who have these really high cap hits um and they're still you know on the roster for the next year two or three perfect listen I, I got another question for you and it's as far as one of the veteran guys one of Obviously, one of the guys that has been arguably one of the best corners that we've ever had here in uh, in Xavier Howard. He again, we were trying to. He's trying to been, I guess, been communicating through social media with the little Usher video and all that. Have you heard anything, or is there? Any, uh, do you have a sense of where what's going to happen here? I mean, I personally have an opinion on that. Yeah, we all sh- we all think we know where this is going, but we yeah. want to hear your opinion where this is going to probably end up i was gonna say i think uh i think uh my colleague barry reported a, a bit on it you know he said um you know he, he, to this point he hasn't necessarily been asked to take a pay cut um but there is you know kind of a belief i'm, I'm trying to make sure i get the actual the wording right so that's why excuse me that's why i'm looking no no no. take your time we, that's it's why, better to be right than than you know yeah yeah i don't want to come out here and start missing exactly. no we heard this da, 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 da. Yeah. You, Barry, you have a bad take that the coach's ugly yankee shirt don't worry because then barry's gonna be hitting me up um yeah, that's right he said an associate of howard's said the sense is that Howard is open to outside options and would be reluctant to take a big pay cut. And then he also sourced different source that said to this point, he's not of the, he, he doesn't, to his knowledge, he hasn't been asked to take a pay cut. Um, so obviously, you know, X has a really big pay cut. He has no more guaranteed money. I asked uh, Chris Greer at the end of season news conference, whether he uh, expected him to be on the roster. And he gave a very non-committal answer saying that X is like any other guy on the team. We're going to see, uh, we're going to assess that, you know, afterward and um and, and and go from there and obviously um that was the i guess the maybe the politically correct answer but hey if we asked him is Tua going to be on the roster next year well, i don't know maybe he would have said the same thing for Tua because i don't know because great does a good job of of, of 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 talking in a way that and talking in non-absolutes and really all front yeah, office he's, he's being political yeah yeah so i mean i don't know but um but obviously that that raised a lot of antennas and the fact that you know x himself you know, if somebody asked him, you know, would you be willing to take a pay cut to, to stay here? And he said, would you take a pay cut to, to stay at your job? I, I wouldn't take a, I don't know. Well, I don't know. The journalism industry is kind of rough, but, uh, <laughs> but I would be, but I would be reluctant to take a pay cut to, keep, to, uh, to take my job, uh, to keep my job. You know, X said that um, essentially. So um, it feels like a divorce is imminent. Um, and me personally, I don't. This is just my personal. I don't love it. I, I understand. I understand like getting, you know, the fact that there is some, well, I, the, I don't love it for multiple reasons. I don't love it. Um, one, because I think that X played really well this season when he was healthy. And obviously that's the, that's the big thing with him, like the health 
know, he had another season that was kind of cut short or, you know, derailed because of injury. Um, and I think now he's 31. He's entering his age 31 or 32 season. So you do have to say, like, hey, is at what point do we see that kind of decline? You know, he, he might not be, you know, the ex of a couple years back when he was, you know, in the running for defensive player of the year and got 10 interceptions. But I said, like, he is a still a, he's still a starting cornerback in the NFL. He's still a very capable cornerback in the NFL. Um, and the question is, you know, at that price, I think he has like a $23 million cap hit or whatever, like the, 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 uh, and he's, and he's not owed any, any, any more money, like pretty much not owed any money. So the question is like, can they reach, you know, an agreement on maybe a restructured deal, which obviously would probably have to be in the form of a pay cut. Um, and, and obviously X has done a very good job of getting more money from the team the past couple of years. So he really is not under any, you know, there's really no reason for him to take less money. Um, but, but yeah, but I, I don't like that. Cause I know, I don't, I don't like it because I know that they're in a tough cap spot. Um, but I feel like cutting X just creates more holes for you. And obviously, you know, when you cut players like that's just kind of natural, but I, I'm not, the, I'm not a fan of that. Um, cause you still don't know what you have in camps. If maybe you do have to kind of trust that Cam Smith is going to step up or whoever it may be. Um, but I don't, I don't like that for a team that already has so many holes on the roster, whether that's, uh, interior offensive line or potentially defensive tackle, uh, you know, not, might have to add a safety. I'm not, I'm not a fan of creating another hole when you have a very capable player there. Um, and again, a lot of this is kind of like people projecting and saying, Hey, like we want to get ahead of ourselves before it really, the return really isn't worth it. But obviously um, it looks like it just kind of has that feel that's there. And, and again, like the, the cap savings wouldn't come until like late, in, in the summer anyway, like they, they have to cut him with a post June one designation. And that means that, you know, the money is like, he's off the roster, he's cut from the team, but you don't actually get the money to use until June 2nd. So by then all the good free agents are going to be, uh, are going to be used up. I mean, obviously, obviously like cap, sa cap savings and cap space is always good. Um, but how much is it really going to help your team in, in 2024 is my, is my, uh, like when you cut X, like, what do you do with the money? Where do you go from there? Does that whole process make you a better team in 2024? Obviously, you're looking long term ahead, but I just I'm just not a fan of it. Like me personally, I would I wouldn't do it, but I, I hey, I'm not I'm not in charge. Yeah, you don't have that burden. Chad, you want to follow up there? So Daniel, let me ask you. Uh, the trenches are a touchy subject around me on Twitter. Um, what's going on? What are you hearing about uh, Connor Williams with Robert Hunt? Um, we got a little bit of news with Toronto Armstead. It, it's been kind of reported that he's going to be coming back. Um, I think that's expected with the guaranteed money that's on the handle for him. But um, what are your, what are your thoughts on what's going on with the uh, with the interior guys, the guys in the middle? I think that's probably the most important part of the line for Tua. So, what do you yeah, think they have to do in there? Yeah, well, well, the Connor the Connor situation is tough um, because you know if you remember last year, you know he was trying to get a new contract last year. Um, you know, we signed a two-year deal. I don't think there was a lot, if any, guaranteed money uh, on that on that second year. Um, so, you know, he doesn't go to any of the off-season workouts, and then he shows up for training camp. So, like, they, they clearly, like, weren't on the same page with a, with a new deal there. And then he has the ACL. Um, that only makes things tougher because, you know, they have a – I'm sure that, you know, Connor and his, uh, and his group have a, you know, belief, and they have a, they have a, a price point. And I, – just my opinion, they probably aren't coming off of it very much after that. Whereas the Dolphins are looking at it like, hey, um, you've played very, very well at center. 
But now you're coming off an ACL. We don't even know if you're going to be ready for the season. We don't know how you're going to respond from that. Um, so they're, you know, and, and my guess is they probably came down from whatever offer they were, they were, uh, uh, they were having uh, or price they they thought had in mind. So my guess is that like the ACL and the knee injury only kind of made things harder uh, to navigate. Uh, and obviously, you know, Rob Hunt is in a position where he he's probably asking for you know a top of the market deal or close to a top of the market deal for a for a for a right guard as as he should because um, he's played that well the past couple of years. Um, so I mean these these negotiations are tough. Like they take a while to come together. Um, again, a lot of times it's the deadline. You know, we remember a couple of years back with uh, Emmanuel Agua, where it looked like he was going to hit the uh, hit the market, and then out of nowhere, like five minutes before free agency starts. We got a deal, uh, so I would say just kind of wait things out. You know, honestly, at the, at the combine is when like a lot of a lot of a lot of moving and shaking happens, and, and a lot of progress is made. You know, it's you know it's an entire week, uh, you know, late nights in Indianapolis, uh, you know, talks between you know GMs and agents and whatnot. Um, so I would say give it some time. Uh, let's see what happens after the combine, um, and obviously, you know, we're getting closer to free agency then. But it's going to be tough because you know Wilkins, Connor to a lesser extent, and Hunt all have strong arguments uh to be you know near at the top of their position in terms of you know pay um and the dolphins might see it a little bit differently <laughs> so it's uh these these are tough negotiations for sure so then daniel who who do you have in the draft that you feel can replace um connor I hate to say it, maybe even Robert Hunt or any other guys that are on the possibility of being uh, moved on from in, uh, once free agency starts. Yeah, I think like the I think kind of like the the hot name right now. We're kind of like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, I don't know the viewers' choice the or buzzword, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, uh, it's probably uh, Oregon center uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. I believe uh, his name. Yeah. Um, I was just on a conference. I was just on a conference call um, with uh, uh, NFL Network draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah, um, and he named him as a guy who would like kind of fits perfectly in that that bottom of the first round range, uh, right right where the Dolphins are picking at twenty one, uh, because he just has that you know that perfect blend of uh, of size, power, speed um, that you're looking for at the position. Um, according, to, according to Jeremiah, and I was funny. I was talking with somebody, and I was like, uh, the thing about these like guys that you know all the fans want him all every Dolphins fan wants him which means he's probably going to get picked like four picks before they're on the clock that's just how the way that's just the way things goes um but there are some other capable guys but I think that's probably like the name to watch in the first round you know if you get to like you know 18 19 he's still on the board I think that's a guy who could definitely he kind of projects as that uh that 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 day one starter type of guy golly go ahead Wally Dan, Daniel, uh, thank you for your time once again, man. Uh, look, we have a, we're gonna have a horn on safety. So there's there's a guy from we there's a relationship with the Lions safety and also the Sean Indian and Brandon yeah. Jones. Out of all those guys, man, which one you see that fits like maybe what we're gonna go be doing forward? I know it's it's kind of premature to make a judgment because we don't know what we really don't know what Weaver is doing, but we're just gonna make a guesstimation based on relationships, I guess, or whatnot. So out of those three safeties, which one you see like fitting with Javon Holland and given our cap situation? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at if you're looking at the combination of what Weaver's trying to do, which is he said it's going to be based off of what uh, he did in Baltimore, and then kind of the familiarity of the coaching staff. I think Deshaun Elliott is is a, is a strong candidate to return. 
Um, you know, he was with Weaver. Oh, you're not a fan of you're not a fan of Deshaun? Hell nah. Hell Deshaun was solid. Deshaun, Deshaun was very solid. There's a history there. There's a history he there. Had, he had a crazy tweet and it's on site, homie. When I see you, I'm gonna see you. Oh, okay. He said he look. I'll give you the quick background. He had said something about bringing Lamar to the when when Lamar was. A oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Somebody I remember that. in here went freaking nuts. And yeah, that was like, bro, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't the best way to uh, ingratiate himself with the fans at that time. He hasn't even had a coke in a smile. He's talking about the other girl. Like what? <laughs> yeah, he 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 and no Dolphins fans was crazy, but um. Nah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely like that, that. It just makes sense. Um, Elliot, you know, Deshaun overlapped with uh, Weaver in 2021 uh, before he went to the Lions. Brian Duker, one of the new secondary coaches, um, he was with Deshaun in Detroit. Um, so it just kind of makes sense from like a familiarity standpoint and you know sch- schematics. Um, you know, I wrote in my position review for the uh, for the safeties a couple of days ago. Um, I don't think that like. I don't. I think that the. I think that the uh, Weaver's arrival, you know, doesn't necessarily like mean Brandon just no space for Brandon Jones. Like I could see a potential, you know, role for Brandon Jones because I think that Weaver is going to be a lot more willing to to blitz and to kind of lean into like the very like the, kind of the niche skill sets. So obviously, you know, like we know Brandon Jones is being a great blitzer, and, and Vic Fangio didn't lean into that at all. I think that Weaver might be a little more willing to. Um, the, the the Ravens played a lot of three safety sets. Where they had um, they had Kyle Hamilton kind of like play everywhere, and then they had Geno Stone and Marcus Williams play like the traditional safety spots. Um, so I think that there is like a potential. I think there's a potential role there. But if you're looking for like a traditional safety to pair with Javon, I think Deshaun. Uh, I think Deshaun is a uh, makes sense. And I think that you know he, he he's not gonna you know come you know with a, with a big market. Um, you know I think that you can get him at a fairly decent price uh, to to resign him. Daniel, I got a quick question, and I'm glad you brought up Weaver. What are you? And I know you're a big defensive guy. What were your first? What was your initial impression of him? And what like kind of homework or research have you done on him? What what he can possibly bring to the team, as far as like bringing in an aggressive nature? I think that we're missing so like really, really badly missing on that defense. Yeah, so it's funny because uh, obviously you guys know I covered the Ravens um, for for two years before coming to Miami, and I actually overlapped with Weaver for like like four months when he was like on the staff, and I had like one press conference with him uh, before I, before I came over here. So like I, obviously I knew of him, um, and then especially still like kind of keeping in touch with uh, with you know I know I know folks that cover the team, I know folks inside the organization. Um, so I actually spoken to uh, you know a member of the staff you know days before. Um, they hired uh, Weaver officially, and you know he was kind of like gushing, like the guy was like, "I, I think this would be a great, this be a great fit, it'd be great." Um, I like him because first off, like I really like the the scheme that uh, the Ravens ran, you know, like, and, and he mentioned that he kind of has the duality of seeing like both ends of the spectrum in terms of philosophy. So like if you know, like he he played under Rex Ryan, who was blitz, 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 like we're going blitz and blitz some more, um, and then he. When he was first in uh, Baltimore, he was uh, coaching under, coaching with Wink Martindale. He was kind of an offshoot of, of Rex Ryan, which was like we're just gonna blitz, cover zero, do that all the time, kind of in that that Brian Flores, Josh Boyer mode. But then when um, Mike McDonald came, um, it was a little different. It was two high safeties. It was less blitzing. 
Um, it was a little more diversity in terms of, you know, some of the coverages. Um, so I think he has like the best of both worlds where he, I think that like traditionally it'll probably be, you know, still the two high safety looks, more of the zone looks, um, but he won't be afraid to, to blitz. Like, like, like I think Vic like was really almost like averse to blitzing. And then it was kind of like at the end of the year when he realized that like, hey, we're not going to get, we don't have the horses to get home before. He was like, we're just going to, we have to blitz. Yes. I think that, I think that Weaver's going to be a little more willing to, and he mentioned it, like adjust his playbook and adjust his philosophy from week to week based on, based on the opponent. Um, I don't want to, I know he said the defense is going to be, the foundation of it is going to be what they did in, in Baltimore, but I don't want people to to say that and think that it's going to be like a carbon copy of what they did in Baltimore. I think that, you know, they were very unique skill sets and the players that they had at Baltimore. And I think that while the Dolphins have players who may be able to fill, fit into those roles, um, they have unique players in and of itself. So I know like some people have been saying like, oh, um, like he's going to move around Jalen Ramsey. Like I don't think he's going to move around Jalen Ramsey every single game. Like I think Jalen Ramsey is still going to be an outside corner, but I think that there are going to be some times where based off the matchup, you might see him move inside. You might see him shadow a guy. You know, he, he's going to be—he's definitely going to have a more versatile role. But I don't think he's going to be Kyle Hamilton because Kyle Hamilton is his own unique player. I think that you know Javon Holland could fit that role, but he's not going to be like doing everything that Kyle Hamilton did. Like I think that um, you know Weaver's going to come with his own unique ideas of what he wants to do with the special skill sets of his guys. Um, but I'm excited for what he's going to do. My only worry is that I don't. And again, like I could be wrong because we still have like eight months till the season and nine months till the season starts. My worry, or it's six months, something like whatever. My my worry, my worry is that they're not gonna have near the level of defensive talent that they had last year. They had a lot. I mean, I know that they were hurt, but when they were like rolling, they had a lot. They had guys at every level of the defense. They had multiple guys at every level of the defense. My worry is that between uh, Jalen and Bradley, you know, they're going to be brought along slowly. I'm, like, I know that, you know, they're, they're working hard, but we know how the team does with, with guys coming off injury, especially, you know, under McDaniel the past couple of years. They don't want a Byron Jones situation. They don't want any setbacks. They're going to bring them along slowly. And if that means that they got to wait an extra year, an extra week or two, if that means they got to start on pup, so they make sure that they're really good to go. Like, they'll do that. Like, they're not going to rush anybody back. So between Bradley and Jalen coming back from their injuries, between Van Ginkle potentially leaving, between X potentially being cut, and the, all the other you know potential defections and guys leaving and whatnot, um, obviously they're gonna obviously they're gonna have some cap picks. They're gonna bring guys in. They're gonna resign some guys. But I just don't think it's gonna be as talented of a defense uh, as it was you know this past season. So my question is, can Weaver do more with less? With the less talented, that's that's my that's my. I think that the scheme will be solid. I think that everything he's saying is perfect, but also you know like, Banjo did a really pretty good job, but he also had a lot of guys to work with. I don't think Weaver's gonna have as much to work with, uh, in twenty twenty four, um, and, and that that's my fear that the scheme might be solid, but hey, you know they say it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy's and the Joes. I think the X's and O's are gonna be straight, but I don't know if they're gonna have all the guys to 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 execute it. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm just fascinated with what they do, you know, on both sides of the ball uh, this offseason in terms of adding talent. Like, they could run it back theoretically, but I don't think that that's good enough to make a run in the AFC. Like, they have to get better. So how do you get better? How do you add more talent and make sure that you are a more talented team than you were last year? That's that's my question. Uh, you know what? That's, that's the beauty of coaching. 
because again, I've seen where there's a lot of talent on teams and they just fail because there wasn't a, a good uh, motivator or the scheme was wrong. So I, I you know, it's, it, we'll see, we'll see how, and, and you would know more than, than us because you've, you've followed them before and you kind of know uh, like what, and you've talked to people in, in Baltimore about how he, how he works and how he communicates with players. And we've read some things here and there. So it's going to be curious to see how that plays out. Uh, obviously we do have a couple of months, couple to, months to, 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 let, to let that play out. I, I have a question and it kind of dovetails into, into uh, um, I have actually a question from, from uh, some, a viewer that dovetails into my next question. Uh, I got Ruski's asking, uh, basically, this is like a hostile question. It has been. He's, he's a lightning rod. Oh, here. man. We got to yeah. do a question, man. Yes, man. Believe me. It's, it's, Y'all it's, trying to have Dolphins fans on my head. We, we almost got through it without one, man. We almost got through it without one. I'm trying to have a quiet offseason, enjoy my time to myself. Nope. Nope. Y'all about, me to, nope. y'all, y'all about to make me make me the main character on Twitter. That's what y'all trying to do. Blame the Yankees shirt. Blame the Yankees shirt. Oh, you know, well, blame the Yankees, of course. There, 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 27 there, there, reasons to blame me. That's fine. Shut up. Shut it's up. Okay. We, we, shut we, we, up can't all be, we can't all be winners, bro. It's okay. Shut it up. You live Anyway, anyway. This, so be like Chris Gear and be political with the answer, man. Don't don't get yourself in the box. <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is. So, okay. I, and I, I know I speak for everybody here, we're sold, okay? Um, some people, for for whatever reason... Agenda or not, they think that he's not the guy, or they have to replace him with Justin Fields or whatever the hot name is. Okay. I hate to ask you this question, but for purposes of completion and just catering to every, make sure that we, we satisfy everybody out there watching. What do you think? Don't end up like this on Elliot now. Don't end up. <laughs> so here's my deal. Here's my deal, and I may I may have said this last time I, I was on. Um, when I came to the beat, <clears throat> I didn't have any opinion on Tua. I don't watch a lot of college football, so like I saw the national championship game. That's pretty much what I saw from Tua. Um, I did not watch. I didn't watch little to no Dolphins football before covering the team. So I really came in like clean slate. I don't know anything about Tua. I'm just watching him for the first time. Um, and I've seen a player that has gotten better that has, especially in, you know, the first year, the 2021 year, when I first got here, um, he did more with less. Um, and really, really the main thing is that he's gotten better every season and he's, and I've seen like tangible improvements. My thing with Tua is that he has his strengths, he has the things that he's good at, and he has the things that that whether you want to call them weaknesses, deficiencies, um, things that he will never be. He's never going to be, in terms of skill set, he's never going to be a Lamar Jackson. He's never going to be a Josh Allen. He's never going to be a Patrick Mahomes. So if you think that he needs to be that type of player in order for the Dolphins to get over the hump, you're never going to be satisfied. I don't, I, me personally, I don't complain and I don't talk about Tua needing to uh, do more off script and be a little mobile and run more because that's not his game. Like I, I obviously McDaniel was like, yeah, he can get better with extending plays and whatnot. But like he said, he's never going to be Lamar Jackson. Um, so like we shouldn't even like the discussion about Tua shouldn't like really be about that. It should be that based off the current skill set that he has, 
um, in the trajectory that you believe he's on, can he improve into a, to a point where he can take this team on an extended run in the AFC Championship? Um, I'm of the belief that he's going to I'm not sure how much better he can get, but I've seen teams with worse quarterback play and worse quarterbacks get to an AFC Championship game and get to a Super Bowl. I've seen that. Um, I look at, and I hate to use this example, but like I, I look at the San Francisco 49ers and I see a quarterback in Brock Purdy, who I think Tua is just as talented as, probably more talented than, probably more talented than. Um, but obviously they have a lot of things going right for Brock Purdy in terms of his supporting cast. The question, and I, and I mentioned this, kind of alluded to this yesterday. The thing is when you commit the type of deal that Tua is probably in this side is probably seeking, um, it ties you to the player for multiple years and it just naturally inhibits your ability to build around them. It, it, it shrinks the margin for error in terms of you have to hit in the, in the draft. You can't, you can't, you know, have first round bust and second round bust and early round bust. Um, you're not going to have as many, you know, salary cap as much, as much salary cap space to to spend so the question is if you do commit to tour for multiple years are you confident that you're going to get that sustained level of play like honestly like if we put it in a vacuum i know that the season didn't end the way that anyone expected especially the way tua struggled in the last half in the last month or so of the season but if you take a season as a whole it was a really good season it was a really good season. It was good enough for him to go to the Pro Bowl. It was good enough for him to lead the NFL in passing. It was good enough for him to be top three, top five in passer rating. Like in a, in a vacuum, it was a really good season. But the question is, if you if you commit to Tua essentially for three to four years before you can get off the contract, are you confident that you're going to get that sustained level of play? And the big thing is that when you don't have as much wiggle room to go out and get a Tyree Kill or get a Tyree Kill type player or get a Jalen Ramsey type player, are you confident that when the margin for error kind of slims, he can carry you? That's the question. And I don't know that. I think Tua's a very good player, and, I, and I'll say this. I think that this past season, and it's, 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 it's a little bit of hyperbole because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 years. But this more or less, this, this might be the most talented team that Tua's played on in terms of in the NFL. Like, I don't know if they're ever going to get a roster with – two Pro Bowl level pass rushers, two Pro Bowl or close to Pro Bowl level uh, cornerbacks, and a, a, the best wide receiver in the NFL and the best number two wide receiver in the NFL. Like, I don't know if they're always I don't know if they're always gonna they're gonna get, have that in years to come. Right. Um, it's only gonna get tougher if you commit a top of the market deal to them. Um, and the question is like if we're being just realistic, who do you replace them with? Like you mentioned Justin Fields, like that's like we're not even gonna entertain that. Like that's that's goofy Thank in my you. opinion. Thank you. Um, are you doing Kirk Cousins? That's goofy to me too. A 35-year-old coming off at Achilles, that's goofy to me. Um, so unless you you have a clear a clear option to 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 replace him, I mean, what are we what are you even discussing it for? Like it's cool for the like we're just kind of filling space in the offseason. Like, let's be real. Let's let's talk, let's talk realistically. Um, so he'll be the quarterback in 2024, whether it's on an extended deal album, I'm not sure. I think that I think there's some legitimate hurdles in the in the negotiations, um, but he's going to be the quarterback. Uh, but the question is, like, how much better is he going to get? 
And, you know, with a roster that might not be as good as it was this past year, you know, is that enough? Like, I, like I'm – I personally, like, and this is big picture, I, I don't want to, like, sound the alarm and, like, you know, the sky is falling. But I'm very, like, concerned about the offseason and how they're going to approach it. Now, if you ask Chris Greer, he's going to say, we plan for this months and months ahead. But me personally, like the the nobody who just sits on over the cap all day and messes around with the numbers and kind of knows the state of the team and their weaknesses, I am concerned um, that this is not going to be as talented of a roster as it was this past year. Um, and this was an 11-win team with the roster, with the injuries and whatnot. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that they're not going to be able uh, to build off of this season and make put the roster in a better shape uh, to make a run in 2024. I agree. And listen, before we move on to the next question, this is a perfect answer that one of our viewers, Irving, uh, sent this to us, and it's, it's this is a fact, and I think everybody should follow suit. Let it go. Just let it go. He's going to be here. Move on. Yeah, that's anyway. why I don't, even, I don't even like talking to her, honestly, because it's, it's just kind of bo- boring at this yeah. point because um, – It's tiring, like, bro. A lot of the talk isn't rooted in reality, which is why like I don't really entertain – like he's going to be the quarterback in 2024 and barring anything kind of crazy. Um, let's see. Cause I don't think it's all on him. I didn't even mention that. I don't even think it's all on him. Like I've talked to a lot of people who are smarter than me. I've talked to people like, frankly, like in the building. Um, and it's not just on Tua. I think that McDaniel would uh, to a man. I mean, I don't know, not even to a man. I think that, you know, if we asked him, if I asked him next week, I think he would say that he needs to grow more as a play caller. I think there's a lot of uh, spot times where maybe Tua wasn't put in the best position, players weren't put in the best position. So it's not all on Tua. I think that there's there's mutual growth that needs to be uh, that needs to be uh, seen, you know, for this Dolphins offense to you know not only like you know be good against the the bottom dwellers, but really stand up against some of the best teams in, in the NFL. It's not it's not just Tua. <clears throat> Yeah, we we uh we we we've been fighting a good fight for a long time, man. It's uh it's still a point now where I feel like Tua's done enough to for me validate how we all felt about him, and then he just has to you know continue to take that next step, just like with Mike McDaniel, right? Like he's got the back-to-back playoff wins. It's not enough, but it's 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 a good start to show at least you are you know treading and heading in the right direction, and you got something good. So. The honeymoon is over though. The honeymoon is over though. I will say that. Like it's 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 time. It's time to it's it's time for some results. Like I, yeah, it's time for some results though. Like when I be like, we gotta see some playoff wins soon, like like now. So, so um earlier you were alluding to uh, the fact that Chubb and Phillips would be coming back from injury. How much of a priority um should should that be for the team this season? And as well as um with the pass catching situation. We kind of have Easy E coming back from injury. You have Claypool, who they may or may bring back. Barrios, kind of, we don't know what's happening with him. Um, but outside of Tyreek and Waddle, we really didn't have much there last season. So I really wanted to ask you, what what do you think should be a bigger priority for the team this offseason? Would you say getting that third option solidified or ensuring that you have that depth um, to, you know, um, count for the fact that I mean, I, I would say I would say outside linebacker just because like you don't even know if those guys can be ready for the start of the season. Like if you don't really make any major moves uh, at wide receiver, like, you still have Waddle, you still have Tyreek and Waddle. Like that's, that's still pretty good. Like you're gonna you, you can work with that, obviously. Um, but you like don't even know. Like I mean, 
I guess based off like I'm not this again, this is not sourcing, but just based off like the normal recovery time for a uh for Achilles compared to a ACL and then when they injured themselves, I think that Phillips would technically be later on. Like he'd probably come he probably return after Chubb. Because I know Chubb got hurt like the second last game of the year. Um, but ACLs like guys usually can come back in, you know, maybe eight, nine, ten months. Like Brandon Jones tore his tore his knee up in uh in late October, and he was ready for training camp. Now he wasn't like fully practicing in training camp, but he was medically cleared for training camp. Um, so you look like a month later for, uh, or a couple months later for, um, for Chubb. I think that you know it's 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 possible, but Phillips with the Achilles, that's like that's like legitimately like a like a, maybe like a year long deal. Um, so that's like you're talking about like pup territory. So I think you need some guys who can just like step in and you know hold the fort down until those guys come back. And obviously, Mankinko is a free agent. Um, but I think you can find like some kind of cheap. Like I think that you know, especially with the with the Weaver connection, like whether it's Jadavian Clowney, maybe you get a little reunion with Kyle Van Noy. I'm not sure how to I don't know how the fan base feels about him because you know he kind of left and said some things. Um, but I think that I think that I think that it, it was a more of a flow thing with Van Noy. I, I heard on a podcast it was more of a flow thing, maybe. Um, so I don't know. Like maybe if you get one of those one of those guys to come and you know, like they can give you they can give you some good snaps. You you know, you got to get. I think you got to get two. You got to get two edge rushers in. You know, at least whether that's Van Ginkle and somebody, whether that's two outside guys, whether that's an outside guy and you draft somebody. You got to get two edge rushers in because um, you just don't know what. Um, it's gonna happen with those recoveries from those injuries, um, and then wide receiver. I would. I don't even like to. I don't even want to like label it wide receiver. I just say secondary pass catcher. Like whether that's a wide receiver or a tight end, you know they got to bring somebody in. Um, I think that there's various avenues to do that. Maybe more so uh, in the draft, um, because you know I was on this again. I was on the conference call and I was told that the Jen Jeremiah said there's great depth. Uh, for wide receiver, he's like, there's going to be some really interesting names in, in like the third round, maybe the fourth round. Um, so that was kind of like where they got Ezukama. Um, and obviously, like, I think that I think very highly of Eric, but you know, you know, like, potential is like, that's all it is. Like, you can't really, you know, can't really count on potential. Like, you know, um, so whether you want to get, you know, a, a second tier free agent and get a guy that you know can be a solid number three, because like, you got to look at it like they need a legitimate number three wide receiver for several reasons. Because first off, teams are keying on Tyreek and Waddle, and they've created schemes and coverages to take those guys out. Um, but the Dolphins like intentionally limit those guys' snaps, and they also like you know they they because they are targeted so much, they kind of get these nicks and, and bruises at the end of the season. Um, I think. Tyreek only played like 60, 70% of the snaps or something like that between the injury and then between just the fact that like they just like stagger his reps so much. He's not playing a lot of like, like when he's on the field, they throw it to him a lot. There's also a lot of snaps where he's not on the ball, on the field. Um, so they need like a capable, a legitimate number three wide receiver or a legitimate tight end who can kind of complement all those guys when they're on the field. But I would say outside linebacker first because um, you like, you're essentially like, I'm, I'm not even counting on them. Like right now, I'm not even counting on those two guys to be ready for the start of the season. So you're kind of looking at it like you have two holes. You like you have two holes uh, at edge defender right now. Yeah, it's it's tough because when when they were banged up towards the end of the season, it was really ugly for us. So I, I don't want to start the season off with that same thing going. And and but the same way when Waddle and Tyreek weren't there, it was just like 
no one could separate. There was like they were just manning us up. So you know, it's I feel like they got to try to address both things, but they got to be crafty because we don't have a lot of cap space and on everything else. So, but yeah, uh, but yeah, go ahead, Wally. My bad. No, it's, it's coach. It's coach. I think he's gonna ask Junior's question. Yeah, yeah. Listen, well, one of our guys, uh, Junior, had to take off, but uh, he asked me to ask you a question on his behalf. You're Chris Greer. You're on the clock. Who are you taking with the first round pick? Oh man. Um. Wow. That's tough, man. Cause like they really have so many holes. Like that's why I say like I'm very worried. Like they have so many holes. Like honestly, you could you can make an argument for them to take. Uh, I won't say tight end because like I don't think I don't know. I'm not sure if there's a guy at number twenty one that would that would that would be of good value or like really fit. But you can make an argument for them to take wide receiver. Um, guard slash center, defensive <laughs> tackle, depending on what happens with Wilkins, outside linebacker, cornerback, and safety. Like, there's like six positions where, like, if you told me a couple months, like, if you told me, like, in a couple months, like, they come away with any of those positions, I'd say, yeah, I could see it. Um, who was your know. pick, man? Who was your pick? It's kind of, it's kind of, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I asked him. Saying, I put him on the pick, spot, man. but it's, it's kind of early because I haven't, I haven't really like, like read too much on these guys, watched a lot of these guys. Um, look, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Let, let's, let's put a pin yeah. in that. And if you're willing, don't a little closer JP, to the draft, let's bring don't you back. Don't do JPJ. Can I do a cop out and say I trade back, honestly? Yeah, because I don't, I don't know that I don't think they have a third round pick. I don't that's think they what have. We all doing. That's what we all want to do. We all want to trade back either in the first or the second round. Pick up yeah. one. If I can trade back do. to the to the top of the second round, and then we kind of double dip, and maybe we get a fourth in addition to that. Yeah, because we don't have um, those right now. Yeah, yeah we know the tampering, and then one for the Chub in the Chub trade. Um, I believe yeah, the so if, if, for the tampering. If the twenty first guy like isn't all that much different to me than the thirty fourth guy. And then I can pick up an extra fourth or third. I don't, I don't know how the trade value chart works, but it makes I, would, I wouldn't be opposed to that because they just they gotta get some like they gotta get some young talent and like the the the, the Ramsey trade, the Chubb trade, the Tyreek the Tyreek trade were cool, um, but but one could argue that it was the byproduct of the team not drafting well and it's put them in a spot where they're just so top heavy. Like like I, I'd be I'd be shocked if they traded the first round pick uh, for a player this year. Cause it just like, like where you like where where do you fit that 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 cap hit if it's like a top guy like you need to get some young contributors. You need to fill like, in, yeah, because you can't pay everybody. They've only had so, they've only had one contributor from their draft class the last two years, and that's Devon H. Hatch. But um, this is what this is what I'm saying. You this is the only. We, you remember we were talking about about Liam Eikenberg, right? This is where this is his moment to shine. This is why you flip him for a fifth or a fourth. This is his, this is his Bro. moment to shine. This is his uh, moment to shine. You said he paid himself with some no, money. No. It, this is his moment to shine. This is what you could. I, the only guy in the roster right Bro, now. Bro, you're I, not getting a third or a fourth for that guy. You, I'm you, sorry. Can you get a six? Can I get a damn fee? A six? I mean, for a six, you might as well keep him. Like. No, no, you're not. I'm so serious. I mean, it's serious. You might get a fourth or a fifth. Give me a fourth. I, come on now. Give me a fourth, man. I'll give me a fourth. That's, 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 spe- that's special fleecing by Chris Greer if you get a fourth. That's it. Hey, on. listen. I mean, hey, he's worked some miracles. Like, you, hey, I didn't think you were going to get Jalen Ramsey for, for a third-round pick and Hunter Long, but. Bro, yeah. we, saw, we flipped Devonta Parker off to the Patriots. Come on, man. And hey, listen, I don't put it past them. 
especially if you can sell somebody, look, man, hey, he played all five positions. He's graded out well. He fine as well. They fine as well. Man, you, you got a job in sales, bro. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, man. Listen, you put that tape on, he going to look good out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all, no, we all, we all get each other. I'm going to tell you this. You did a wide receiver. There's a guy, LSU, Brian Thomas Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a guy. I would, I would, I think he could. He brings something different and unique to what we currently have. And I, I think if you were to, if you were to get a guy like that, you would, it would cost you close to ten million dollars, if not more, in free agency for a guy with that type of talent. You know, what I mean, and capability. So I just feel like what we're alluding to: if you can get somebody some cheap labor. I think he can provide you some production, and I think it will allow you to free up Tyreek and Waddle, especially Tyreek to play in the slot a lot more. And I think he can get some advantages on some safeties and linebackers to work. You know what I mean? You can get Tyreek on the third corner a little bit more often. What does that look like? You know, but I mean, it might be a little bit of how about DB? How about DB? I'm a luxury pick, but I mean, with DB with X, we don't know what happened with Cam Smith. If you could sure up those questions there and get a capable high-end talent there, it wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, Chris Greer loves DBs. Yeah, the thing about wide receiver, I mean, like, if, if he's the best, like, I don't – I'm not really sure, like, I mean, I'm not sure if Greer, like, I've only well, been here for a couple of years. So, like, I don't know, like, how Greer feels about, like, best player available. Um, I know, like, the Ravens, it was, like, that's what it was, more or less, like, best player available, more or less. Um, so, if, like, they kind of go by that philosophy and he's on the, the – the, the board um it, it'd be tough like let's say you get like you know brian thomas and you know jackson powers johnson is off the board and it's like there's some like lesser rated uh guard centers who like maybe aren't you know that at that point on your board but they feel like that immediate need you know, that, that's kind of where we talk about like positional value need, yeah, they're gonna reach that's really available yeah. um I, I wouldn't be opposed to it because i do think that you know in addition like i think that part of what they need to do on offense is diversify uh, the scheme and personnel. I think that, um, you know, they became too siloed um, into specifics, um, you know, in terms of like the, the type of offense that they ran. And I think they needed to diversify the skill set in terms of, you know, where they throw the ball, the types of players they're throwing the ball to, and the types of schemes that they're running, especially in the run game. Um, so in the passing game, like, It'd be tough to be like, all right, we're drafting this wide receiver who's going to be our number three wide receiver for probably the next year or two. Like, it's tough to kind of like, like, kind of like maybe sell that, uh, you know, in the immediate, the immediate future. But you know, when you look at long term, you're always projecting for the future as well. I think that could be a really strong, uh, strong move. But like, if I had to like, I don't know, like off the top of my head, like I would love to see them come away with. Uh, you know, a starting a starting offensive lineman at least to, like like in the first round, I would love to see them come away with a starting offensive lineman uh, because it, it just feels like they're gonna lose one or two of those like guys, you know, between you know Connor Hunt, Williams. Like I, I just have a hard time seeing them like retaining all two, let alone all three. Um, so I'd love to see them get uh, an inside, uh, really an interior offensive lineman. Um, but if they take a wide receiver in the first round, like I wouldn't be mad at it. I mean, they're probably gonna score, you know, instead of thirty points a game, thirty five. Like hey. Like, and you score more points. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, but I think it'd be kind of a tough sell, um, especially with some of like the, the the bigger needs on the team right now. Two is getting rid of the ball in what two point three, two point four seconds. Damn. Hey. <laughs> hey man, that's what I'm saying. We need to get an uh, offensive lineman so we don't have to throw in two point four seconds. I'm that's saying, how I feel I'm, about it. I agree with that. Hey Daniel, listen. Uh, it's it's been it's been awesome. I'm sure, you got other things to do, man. I appreciate you. What the only thing I'll say is that hopefully. 
if you have the time, I'd love to get you guys, you get you back on with us uh, closer to the draft because I, I know that you went to, you you spent some time, you know, at the uh, senior bowl at the senior bowl. Yep, yep. So you know, as we get closer, maybe we can. I'm a guru, and I go, I have guru takes. Is I'm a guru. Bro, guys, this, this oh Will you be at the combine, Daniel? Are you going to the combine? Yeah, definitely. No? I'll be there all next week. Yeah. Yo, I'm a guru. I'm a guru. You go. Yeah, don't hate on me, man. You gonna see my takes. <laughs> I was going to say, none of y'all brought up the uh, who was it that said that Steeler was going to have more sex than Wilkins? Oh, no, no, no. He's, not, he's not here. Oh, okay. He's not here. I forgot who, I forgot who mentioned that, and I was scared they were going, I was, I was going to get pressed. I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hope he's going to bring it up. He's lucky. He's lucky. He moved on to, he has a different scenario now. He's actually a Christian Bro. Wilkins apologist. <laughs> right now, he wants to get Christian Wilkins paid. It's insane. He, Yo. Has, he has so many in there. Let me, let me tell you. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, no, no, I'm gonna no. say, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I'm going to say, if you factor in the, the fact that um, Chubb and Phillips are dealing with some injuries and ABG and flux, I mean, that might strengthen the, the, the case to bring Wilkins back. You know what I mean? You don't want to lose 40, 34, 40 sacks worth of production all in one offseason and your starting corner like that's a lot to replace and like i, I think Wilkins has a lot of leverage right now i, I, don't, nah, think he, I don't think he wants to i don't think he wants the tag but i don't think the dolphins want to put the tag on like i think like i said in a perfect situation i don't think they want to give him the tag yeah. um so i think i think wilkins has a lot of has a lot of leverage and if i'm him i'm not budging off whatever i mean i put it this whatever he was asking for uh last year like like the price done 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 increased since then um, so if I'm Wilkins, I have no reason to budge off of whatever price I'm asking for. And if you want to pay the, if you want to do the franchise tag and then make it harder to keep all your guys, that's not my problem. So man, listen, he's going to look beautiful in a, in a Minnesota Viking jersey. Oh yeah. Team number flow. He's going to be out there. He's going to be out there doing his little splits and all that. <laughs> hey, listen, the, the guy that you were talking about French, he, you know, obviously he's a big Zach Sealer fan. So uh, quick story. He the um, couple of the guys flew out to to DC okay. for the uh, Commanders I was, game. I wasn't at DC. I wasn't no, in DC. No, he was no. not. Wally was not in DC. Was... Nobody else in DC. These guys they they flew out there. They watched the game, and coincidentally, he sat with Sealers uh, Zach Sealers family. Oh wow! So we were like, yo. So he was sending us pictures and videos and this and that, <laughs> and we told him. So like, did you make a connection there? Let's try to get Zach on the show. You know whatever. No, no, no. He's like, bro, you had your opportunity. You're working, man. He's like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, what are you doing? He's not a real guy because he's not a real guy. Out of all the seats in the stadium on the road, like, that was insane. That was insane. Family out here, man. Got the ball. Yes, indeed. All right, man. Listen, I will let you go. I know. Thank you for the time, bro. I know it's it's much appreciated and all the insight. And and again, hopefully we can we'll link up before the draft if you got some time. We're really interested to hear what you know, like what what your observations are and all that with uh with the guys coming in. Nah, most definitely, we'll make it happen for sure. All right, my boy. Thanks again, right, man. Bro. Thanks for having me. Thank you too.